For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's The Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We're back in studio after a different kind of experience and foray yesterday. We hope that you enjoyed some of it, all of it, a little bit of it, maybe none of it, but whatever the case, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us yesterday and a much different kind of day, Johnny, than we usually have, and that's that's uh, fun to have every once in a while. We had not done... I don't believe we had done a show from Portland since the time we went to the Oregon Zoo and found a little uh, anteroom. Have have we done a show from Portland? Well, we did, we did a we did a show one time from the Portland Beavers when they were playing Civic Stadium. We did, didn't we? Yeah, and I don't remember if that was before or after the zoo. I think All after, of actually. Goes, of yeah. course, at least twenty years ago, right? Uh, the Portland Zoo or Portland Zoo Portland Beavers game. We did a couple from the Mac Club. One in particular, when Oregon State was rebranding to OS. We did a show from We did a show from the Mac Club. And I think that's it. Yeah, not very often. So yesterday, going to NoHo's in Northeast Portland, Northeast Fremont, was delightful. For I appreciate you coming to the rescue at the end because... As so often can happen, you get information that somebody says, oh, yeah, we have X, Y, and Z. Oh, yeah, it'll be ready. I made several calls. You sure you have this? You have this. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, our guy, we've got it. None of it worked when I got there. I got there a little earlier than you because you were driving from here when your show ended. And I was picking up my daughter. I visited a friend and then picked up my daughter at PDX. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things going on in the Portland area yesterday. Yeah. And you got there and were able, in your ah. masterful way, to kind of troubleshoot <laughs> it, get us on the air, which allowed us conversations with Dale Scott and Terry Durham and oh, Jack was, Dunn and John uh, Spolstra. It was others. wonderful. I loved it. I knew of all these guys, maybe saw them in passing in various press rooms at Blazer Games or whatever. Never had a chance to meet them and talk to them. I love the conversation. Uh, Dougie and I were talking this morning. We could have gone a full two hours with Dale Scott, with, Dale with Scott. John Spolstra, yeah. with all these guys, because yeah. they all have great stories to tell. Terry Durham, 24 yeah. years in the yeah. NBA. He 
regale us with the Larry Bird story. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I mean, mean, great stuff. Really there. good stuff. Different kind of stuff. Today, we kind of get back to what we usually do, and that's OSU Hall of Famer Steve Priest coming up here in a few minutes to give us his sense of things that he's seen on the field through the first two games. And then a former Beaver, Letterman in football in 2014, Marcus Greaves now works for CBS 8 Sports in San Diego as an anchor, reporter, used to work at Coin, Mm -hmm. got quickly into his career as a member of the media and, and getting good jobs and good markets quickly. He's talented, he's good. He'll talk to us from an Oregon State perspective because he's a beaver, but yeah. also covers the Aztecs and a little bit on Brady Hoke and the program and San Diego State's fans thinking about what their future is with respect to mm-hmm. us and mm-hmm. Mountain West and reverse merger stuff, all that with Marcus at 12.05. I, I, I would venture to guess, if, if it were my prediction, I would say that this is a, a foreshadowing or a precursor of things to come. For yes, Oregon State at, at some Diego point, State. because it was likely it was going to be that. Right. Yeah, According they were coming to, yeah, in. They anyway. were going to come in. Along that was the SMU. indication. Most likely San Diego State. Now, SMU, I'm not so as much, but I think San Diego State was, was ready and yeah. it was going to be intimated on Friday, August 4th. Instead yeah. of it going the other way, it was going to be intimated after the agreement with Apple and all that. And we'll be announcing soon another new member to the conference. Yep. And that was going to be San Diego State. And it didn't happen. And oh. they're, I don't know if they're, you know, I, I've never heard from their side, I've never seen anyway, on social media, any fans, much less whether right. they wanted to. Well, or that's, not. See, I think Marcus can give us some insight yeah. on that at 12.05. I note that this is the first of a home and home with San Diego State, <laughs> the next one being at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego in 2026. But all of that is going, of course, to be. Yeah. Blown out of the water, because if you're in the same conference, then that changes. Right, exactly. I'm surprised that it's been uh, nine years since the last time we played them. That that has gone by very quickly. If I remember uh, correctly, too, at the time, we were honoring Jerry Cragthorpe, who had come to the... Or Dave Cragthorpe, sorry. Who had come to the stadium, and Doug and I waylaid him at the Hilton Garden Inn. (laughs) And so that, that yeah, was, I do uh, think his era was me. I didn't do that game that night. I remember because I did sideline. I didn't do the San Diego state game, right. a, a memorial service for my dad Yeah, and missed that game in 2014, but it's gone by quickly, but it has. And, and here no, we are with has. him again. And, uh, Brady Hoke, former coach at Oregon state. Oh right? yes, absolutely. Under two different coaches, Dave yeah. Craigthorpe and Jerry Pettibone. Mm. So uh, Brady, uh, and, uh, the coordinator for Helfrich at Oregon in 2016. And one-time Michigan coach? Yeah, oh yeah, Michigan head coach. And Robbie. Rich Rod, I think, bumped him out. I think he may have succeeded. Rich Rod, actually, Did went he? the other way. Okay. Yeah. Quick question, because I, this is one of these quick things. Before we come back with Steve Priest, John, totally, totally random yeah. subject off every... I but, love that. Here's my question, and if anybody can text us, just for future, humor me, please, because I keep everywhere I turn, everywhere you go, and he's a national sponsor for Jim Rome. It reminds me of George Zimmer in the men's warehouse, and I guarantee it. It reminds me of Flo and Jake from State Farm, where characters become, you you know, I guarantee it, George Zimmer, men's warehouse. Um, Please don't squeeze the Charmin, Mr. Whipple. You know, I mean, these (laughs) these people who are characters in commercials who become, oh, you know, the guy who does, here, here's the question that I have in the world. 
Chuck McDowell. And the, I started what's called the time cancellation industry. I mean, <laughs> huh? Timeshare cancellation industry. Yeah. Is that that big of a deal in human experience? Oh, yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. Because I've never known anyone who's had one. Well, did you ever get one? I got a pitch. Get a pitch? I got a pitch to get a rental car for free. So my only question is, you know, here's Chuck McDowell doing these national radio shows everywhere I turn, Rome and everywhere else. <laughs> I started what's called the timeshare cancellation industry. I, <laughs> I want to hear 30 years from now, a kid growing up saying, I always wanted to get into the timeshare cancellation industry and Chuck McDowell <laughs> paved the way for him. That's what I want to know in here. Is it that big of a deal? About I started no, no. what's called the timeshare yeah. cancellation industry. Well, who else is doing it? But if it's, it's not, an industry, he's the only one. But he's not. He, it's not a commercial to bring people into the industry. It's a commercial to, to do his services, which is help I, you get I out know, of your timeshare. I know. But how many... <laughs> People, how many, how many people are trying humanity? to get out? Yes. Is it that big of a deal? They'll say, oh, well, if you, yeah, Chuck McDowell, he's my man. He's my <laughs> man. I, anybody, please, because I hear it every day and I've just been thinking about it. How many people are stuck and Chuck's gotten you out and it's the greatest thing you've ever known. Please share that with me. We come back with, uh, on the text line, we come back with Steve Priest. I don't think he grew up wanting to be part of us. Someday I want to be a guy getting people out of their timeshares. But he played in the NFL. That's a dream. He was a great beaver. He's a Hall of Famer. Steve Priest next on 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. There's a lot of power plays going on this year in college football, but there's still a lot of power here in the Willamette Valley. At Power Honda off the Sandy M exit in Albany, they have their new hybrid Accords and CRVs waiting for you to test drive, as well as their new Pilots, HRV, and Ridgeline trucks. And with over a thousand pre owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com, Power Honda in Albany can offer you the real power plays to help you drive. The outside to the left, and Johnson! Touchdown, Beaver! Hey, Beaver fans, are you ready to tackle your financial game plan? If so, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call Tax and Wealth Management Corvallis at 757-4185 or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. When you think of Albans, you think plumbing. And when you think of plumbing, you think water. Hi, this is Katie Albin. Some plumbing projects don't have anything to do with water. At Albans Plumbing, we also work with natural gas and propane lines. So if you need a gas line for home heating, cooking, or for a gas water heater, give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. 
Call 754-8282. Albin's Plumbing. Oregon State Hall of Famer Steve Priest joins us for the first time during the season. I think we had him on perhaps at near I don't the beginning, but it's been a while yeah. since we've spoken to Steve. He, of course, is part of our broadcast and has been for so long now, mm-hmm. so many decades, but he's still involved in, in the, the first hour with Ron Callan on all of the, the mm-hmm. Beaver Block Party tailgate shows and on the road. Steve, with his informed, insightful, uh, affectionate perspective towards his beloved Oregon State Beavers. Mm-hmm. It's been an honor to get to to work with him all these years and a pleasure to bring him back in now to talk about what he's seen on the field so far. There are other things, of course, that are on all of our minds as we welcome in OSU Hall of Famer Steve Priest on the Joe Beaver Show, which is sort of the context that we'll live with, Steve, the rest of the year. We've got these games. We've got San Diego State. All the while, we're sort of wondering, well, a game with San Diego State this year, will we have another one next year? Are there a whole lot more to come? There are a lot of uncertainties and question marks, Steve, but we do know we have a game this Saturday, and I think it's an important one for the Beavers. What do you think to continue to kind of build some momentum towards conference play? Well, I think unquestionably, and you know, San Diego State's two and one, and and everybody acts seemingly acts like this is a rollover game. The right. are favored by well over twenty. Um, I mean, how long has it been since <laughs> you're expecting to be favored by twenty every week? Right. That's kind of how it's been. So uh, this is this is an opportunity for the Beavers to to take a pretty good team, um, play well, do the kind of things they've been doing so far with a, probably a little bit better team than we played yet, um, and get ready for the big weeks ahead where we got to play in the pack and, and play Washington State right off the bat and slug it out with them and, and go from there. So I, I look at what we've done so far, and it's, it's the best start we've had in years. Um, from a lack of mistakes standpoint, this is a, a really good football team for this early in the year so far. Yeah, and Steve, it really is because you're talking about territory we haven't lived in that often when this expectation that you're going to not only win but win fairly handily and easily that has been the case two weeks in a row they're favored to do it again this weekend what does that say that it's just sort of been a very calm business-like approach that jonathan has gotten his guys to to tap into and it's not as though they're strutting around about it they're just going out and executing well they're not only going out and executing they're practicing like they are really a, a, a good team, a team that could win it all type of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some leadership there. And, you know, it's certainly it, it's surprising how much um, DJ for just coming in has, has become a team leader, but it's all across the board. The offensive line's got a couple of three guys that are just leadership all the way, defensive line. You know, you get to Isaac Hodgins, and there are others that really lead this team. Get on in the secondary. Mm-hmm. There, there are people who are really stepping up uh, in leadership by both their play, um, their actions, and also the, the vocal nature of it. They, they are working together, talking together, um, and, and boy, that means for a strong team. And I, I feel like they've got the makings of something really special uh, right through the whole thing, from the coaches to the staff to the players. It's, it's all the kind of year you want to see coming up with what's happened the bees this off season. Steve Priest, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show. Um, 
two statistical questions for you, Steve. Should we worry? Is there anything about the, I know they lost big, but they dominated in time of possession against UCLA. What, what do we read into that? Well, it, it is kind of surprising because they got beaten up pretty well, and they've dominated possession all year long. Uh, their offense isn't putting many yards on the field. Um, you know, I, I look at that, and I see 320 yard, 20 yards or 322 of total offense as a season average. That's very, very poor. Yet they've got a safety who's a run-pass guy, who, you know, or excuse me, a quarterback, who was a safety, moved back last year midway through the season and ended up being uh, honorable mention, I think, all, all conference. So they've got some people, um, but their offense hasn't put m- many points up there. So, yeah, I think we should be favored well. Uh, defense is, is allowing some, some yards and some points, um, but not that bad. 25 points a game, that's, that's winnable football. Um, and these are, you know, whenever you're talking about a bowler or a rocky, long type of defense and all the ability and, and knowledge that those guys have, you're going to play good defensive football. And that's what San Diego State has done for years. And I'm sure that they'll um, come up with some tricks and trades um, that, that uh, give them a, some, some insight on Oregon State and some ways to, to do some things. But I, I feel like this Oregon State team is just so strong. Um, with their offensive game plan, running the football, play passing, you know, no turnovers. How about that? Yeah. Two games with no turnovers. That's phenomenal. I think they only won an eight or nine in the country that way. Um, and they're doing the things they're supposed to do all across the board with that offensive line on penalties, very few, doing the, doing the right thing. You've got to hand it to these coaches. They've got people prepared right now. And another thing, uh, the second stat, too, the, is they're one of the top teams in takeaways. And again, that was yeah. going, going up against Oregon State as one of top seven teams in not giving the ball up. Do we read too much into that? Because I know it's only one aspect of the game. No, I, I mean I think it's it's really a good contest. If you get a team that's picking them off, most most of the turnovers I believe are in the form of interception, mm-hmm. and they've got a, that the the defensive strength is in the secondary. Pretty new defensive line. A lot of new people, but the secondary is really strong. They've got two or three really solid guys back there who are experienced. Um, yeah, three of them. The two safeties in a corner that have that have been there a long time and know what they're doing. So, yeah, the, the turnovers are there, but I don't think they will have seen um, the way Oregon State's using their uh, passing game. I, I think Bolden and, and Ant Gould, um, and some of these young guys are really playing pretty well. Um, Josiah is doing a good job, too. And the way they're working the tight ends in, they're going to have to put some pressure on these quarterbacks, and I don't know whether they can do that um, because of the way Oregon State's offensive line playing and the way that the quarterbacks are handling their pressure and getting rid of the ball. Steve, when you talk about you know Rocky Long's name never seems to depart from us much, even though he's no longer the head coach there, yet he installed the approach, the defenses that have given teams fits through the years. They've been over the last it, last 13, 14 years, one of the top defenses in America. Rocky's influence thus continues, even with a new coordinator, new head coach in Brady Hoke, but Brady seems to be similar in his approach. And I keep reading about the Beavers will be up against the unorthodox 3-3-5 stack. What exactly is that? Is that a legacy of Rocky to some extent? 
Well, he he played in this three three five stack, and it it's basically a you know it looks like a three four defense. They bring um, they they move some people outside. It looks like a nickel kind of with a three three instead of a four two. Um, it gives them the opportunity to blitz and and make moves with their defensive linebackers and line that confuse offensive lines. And that's how they've gotten a pass rush. They've always done it. Rocky's always been aggressive. They bring people. But they just like the format where you're stacking people on top of each other so the offensive linemen have to think about it. And every you know, if you've got five guys coming across, there's a good chance that somebody will make a mistake and take the wrong guy or get picked off. And it's been Rocky's system forever. Um, and he has all you know when he was at Oregon State, he was doing that in his years here. I think that was the Craigsburg years. But they were, they were, we were good on defense mm-hmm. um, when Rocky was here, and, and they've always been good. And I, I think the defense is confusing, but um, I think we already mentioned it a little bit. This is an experienced Oregon State offensive line. Um, if anybody's getting the, the San Diego State plays is going to take care of. The shifts and the movement and the blitzes and the dogs, it's going to be Oregon State's offensive linemen. The offensive line, indeed, performing at such an incredible level here early. But will this be, Steve, in your view, the biggest challenge yet for DJ Uyunglele and his ability to recognize, read, make good decisions with the ball? Will he be? Will there be some some good and significant challenges for him in that respect against this defense? Well, I think there will be. Um, I, I think that this offensive line will make it a lot easier on DJ because they will, you know, as long as he makes the right calls up front, which getting him out of bad play, he can tell when he's got too many people coming to, to cover it and he can adjust the formation. He can adjust the play to take care of that. And I, I think um, the nice thing about DJ is he is experienced. He, there's nothing he hasn't seen before. Um, he'll catch on in a series or two if he doesn't already understand it. Um, th- that quarterback room in itself, all three guys that are playing are really solid and, and they're picking it up quickly. And, and I just I don't think um, that our offensive line will be confused by this. And, and if Oregon State's line isn't confused by this, you know, the nice thing about running a stack defense with blitzes is Sometimes you can just pick them up, and, and there's a great big hole in the middle where they both blitzed out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, that would be nice. That would be great. Steve Priest, our guest. Uh, how much of the playbook do we see unfold? I mean, is it time yet, or you wait because you you wait to see if you can get a big lead on San Diego State, or what? So, excuse me, I didn't hear the first well part the, of the, the the playbook. How how much of it do we see? Um, because you know, in these games where you're heavy favorites. The first two, you certainly aren't going to show all of what you want to do when you get into conference play. Does it open up a little bit more this week, or, or do, do they wait to yeah, see if they're I taking control? I think we continue to open it up a little bit more. I think we'll continue to see more um, of, of our offense, and that means a lot of different sets with different tight ends, You know, and not only in um, where the tight, end, tight ends are, but how many of them are on the field. We'll see more of the wide receivers. They've gotten tremendous um, play the last couple of weeks. Um, out of the young wide receivers, they're starting to catch the football, starting to get in it. Um, a couple, an old one too, but they're, they're new guys uh, participating. That I think open it. That's that's as much opening the playbook to me as anything else. It isn't the playbook, but it's the personnel file. And we have been doing a good job of playing people. I mean, I I have no doubt 
these scores would have been more lopsided had the Beavers not mm-hmm. played a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are going to continue to do that if they can. I, I, I hope the Beavers come out and do what they're supposed to do, which is play really good football and take San Diego State um, out of the game as far as their uh, aspirations by halftime or their thereabouts. Because you don't want to leave people in the football game, especially when they've got a multi-talented quarterback who can run and who can pass and can do some things that might cause problems. Yeah, and Jalen Maiden, the quarterback, rushed for 132 yards in a game recently. So he, you know, he's dangerous, right? He's physically talented, and you said he, he, he goes from safety to quarterback within the season last year and had a big year. So yeah. this guy's really talented. Yes. I mean, I think it's pretty impressive to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And they, they were like last in the country in, in passing when he took over, and they ended up having a, a, a decent last few games. And he was certainly solid at the end. But he, he's, I saw the, the big game he's had so far, but he's been consistent throughout. Um, he's not thrown for a lot of yards either. But he's right. still, you know, he, there, there's some stuff going on there um, that make them multidimensional, make them tough to stop. Uh, they just haven't. Um, they haven't been successful on third downs, which means the passing game isn't as strong as they want. Um, or also means that because the running game is at four seven a, a carry, they aren't they aren't having any short yardage situations. Right. So that that's hurting them too. But I I fully look for this offense at San Diego State to try some things early on, to try some tricks, to try to do some things that might um, lead to some to some scores quickly that get them ahead. And it's just the bees need to. You know, start out, play the kind of defense that kids ball and check this thing down quick. A few more minutes with OSU Hall of Famer Steve Freeze. Steve, what you talk about using personnel, and Jonathan's gotten a lot of people in. It's been really fun and exciting to see some new players and young players getting some work. Amongst those young players, even Jermod McCoy is a corner, a true freshman, or Aiden Childs himself, and maybe some of the other younger players, or at least some of the players a little deeper on the depth chart. What have you thought so far of Aiden, Jermod, and others who we're getting to see a little bit more of? Oh, yeah. You throw Collins, the defensive yeah. lineman in there, too. But there are some very good people um, who are, are getting opportunities to play, and nothing helps your program like being able to get these young guys in the game. Um, that makes such a difference. And and I, you know, McCoy's played really well, and he—I've seen him at practice a number of times. There are two or three of the the um, defensive backs that I'm very impressed with. That they're doing things that uh, you know, Josiah Johnson's for one, and Noble Thomas for another. They're, they're doing things that are, are going to be theirs. Uh, Joe Swelt—I think it's Melter Swelt—but he's there's there are like four or five of them that are young kids. Our defense is secondary right now. Looks like it isn't going to be um, a whole lot different than we had last year when we had two guys go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they're they're playing pretty well, and a lot of it is is, is because the, the rush up front is better and faster. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said when the cor- the cornerback or safety knows they don't have to cover somebody for four or five seconds, mm-hmm. knows it's a thousand one, a thousand two, and break on the ball, and that's kind of what. Uh, these these coaches are teaching. Uh, I can't stress enough how much the change that was made by Trent Bray when he took over and uh, he took basically the linebackers himself and and created a second secondary coach. So there's, there's, so there's a corner coach and a safety coach. 
and they kind of set up the, the situation with the nickel guy. But that has really helped the technique of our corners and safeties. They are much better um, in the last two years than they were before, just in their technique. It's phenomenal what they're doing, and, and the, I watch them at practice, and the, the coaching they're getting from these two coaches is just super. Mm-hmm. Steve, with knowing your background and how much you can get into the, the nuts and bolts of all this, and it's just wonderful. We really appreciate your time. I am curious, though, how, how are you handling and separating out Pac-12, Pac-2 lawsuit talk with football itself? Where, where are you on that scale? As, as, as far as where am I on that scale for what? I'm disappointed, sad. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I hate the whole situation that that it has happened this way. I'm surprised that basically television revenues could change all the things we've loved for. You know, I've been in this program. I, I came in in '65, and um, boy, it's it's always been the pack. Whether it was the pack six, the mm-hmm. pack eight, um, you know, the pack twelve, it's always been um, the pack. And I'm hoping that we can keep that pack together as the pack two or the pack eight or the pack 12 again, by adding people to it and retaining our assets, which is hopefully what, what we're on our way to with the injunction that was filed against the, the board of directors and the things that um, we're, our, I believe our president and Washington state's president and the athletic directors, uh, son and Scott are both really pushing hard to maintain what we've got, because that's, a great avenue, and particularly, um, particularly with with what Washington State and Oregon State are doing this year in football, I feel like they're they're going to have a better opportunity um, with the way they're playing to make a few people turn their heads and a few people listen harder. Final thing, Steve, and that just for the fun of it, because you know, in getting ready for these games every week, we look down. Okay, San Diego State. Who are some of their famous players? And there's a lot of good ones and coaches and some legends and Hall of Famers in their coaching life, and Don Coryell and, and others, John Madden coach there. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff to get into with San Diego State history, but one of the names that jumped out at me, I thought of you, Fred Dreyer, played at San Diego State. And so I wondered what, what Fred was like when you were with him on some outstanding L.A. Rams teams under the late, great Chuck Knox and a tremendous defense you were part of with Fred what those days were like, what you think about Fred Dreyer. Well, uh, Freddie's a close friend. I sent him a long email yesterday <laughs> um, to, to talking to him a bit about uh, the, the season and the game and what's going on. And, you know, we're getting spread a little thin. We've, we've lost some teammates and so forth. But um, I, I have always called um, Freddie the Sultan um, <laughs> because he's, he's just a, a great guy, a fun guy. Um, he's always been brilliant. You know, while we were all drinking beer after practice, Freddie was the guy who was taking acting lessons and he <laughs> made a marvelous career in mm-hmm. the acting business and the producing business. Um, while he was with the Rams, he was going to acting classes every mm-hmm. week. Um, he's had a wonderful life. He's got a daughter that I guess she's got to be in her thirties and forties now. Um, he's still acting. He's still got residuals coming in from Hunter and Land's End. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you may recall, Mike, that there were years where uh, we'd go down and play in, in San Diego or L.A., and 
um, Freddie had uh, joined me on the sideline, mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun to uh, go down there and meet him before the game and those kind of things. Is he coming up? No, he is not okay. coming up this time, okay. or at least I haven't heard so far. Um, but you never know. He's he's a busy guy yeah. and uh, enjoying his life. Karen and I were watching TV the other night, watching a replay um, of Mark Harmon uh, in NCIS. <laughs> and there's, there was Freddie on the scene a Vietnam Marine. Um, who'd had some problems, and there he was. We got fell over laughing. So. Well, you're, you're good stuff. Uh, yeah. Steve, you're a good-looking guy. Did he ever try to recruit you to be on Hunter? Yeah, and were you ever in any <laughs> any movies? Did, were you ever an extra in any of the films made uh, during your time with the Rams? We we weren't extras because he wasn't in, involved then. But Karen and I watched him film one once at, uh, in Cabo San Lucas where we go yearly a couple, three times, and Freddie was doing the series Land's End from there. Hmm. And, you know, it, it was home-based in Totus Santos and in Cabo, and we watched him film a couple of uh, episodes there, right in downtown uh, Cabo San Lucas. It was really a kick. Steve, uh, this is our first of the 2023 season of conversation here on the Joe Beaver Show. I don't believe it'll be our last. We always, as John said, appreciate the insight, knowledge, and perspective that we just simply can't bring to it, and we love having you on. Don't want to presume upon the relationship over the years, but I'm glad you're going to be on with Ron again this Saturday uh, from the Parker Plaza, uh, or not Parker Plaza, but the block party adjacent to Parker Plaza. What final thing for you who played in Parker, mid-60s, giant killer era, 41,000 you were able to draw when you beat USC three to nothing. But what did it mean to you? What did you make of walking into the completed research? Your thoughts about that experience? Well, it, it is so sweet. In fact, during the game, um, it, it's so much fun with the lights going on and off and the music and the sounds and all that. And to watch the, the kids when they came out the first time on the field with the lights going crazy and everything else, it was just fun. And the fans were just as bad or just as good, however you want to say it. They were crazy with it. They enjoyed it. It, it was exciting. Um, I, I think, Mike, I've told you guys both this before, but my summer job in 67 with Fred Milton, John Didion, and Jerry Belcher, teammates of mine, was to carry hod and rebuild for Charlie Parker Construction. That was our summer job. I guess it's the equivalent of LIB today, but that's us. <laughs> Um, and we pushed that hot all summer long and lived in the fraternity houses because we didn't have any money. Um, and then they they knocked the whole thing down that we did. Like, yeah. And, and put <laughs> up a new one. And it, you know what? This is a lot better. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's Thank exciting. You. And, yeah. and um, damn it, we're going to end up um, putting this together and putting something back together. And hopefully it's the new pack. Um, and, and we're very successful with it. And, we're in the playoffs before long. Absolutely. Great talking to you, Steve. We'll see you Saturday. Thanks for making Thank time you. for us. We appreciate it. The great Steve Priest on the Joe Beaver Show. We'll break. We've got Marcus Greaves, a Beaver Letterman, from a little bit after Steve. Yeah. 2014 That's with right. Mike Riley. Or 2016, came into the program in 14, lettered for Gary in 16. But we will um, talk to him. He's an anchor for CBS 8 in the San Diego market. He'll give us some insight into how Aztec fans are kind of navigating their own world now with all of the talk about merger, reverse merger, 
there was even talk and maybe even excitement about being brought into yeah. the Pac-10 back earlier this summer. Marcus, on all of that at 12.05. In the meantime, any Chuck McDowell fans out there, I'm just, I'm just curious to know how big of a deal. I did listen to the pitch, got roped in. We almost, you know, they're good. They're, yeah. they're, they're techniques in selling you. Pretty impressive. So we're over in Hawaii. You know, we got a week here in 1987 with Pat Casey, Jim Wilson, Billy Bean, Portland Beavers, needed a car. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, we see walk by, come in, get a free rental car, listen to a timeshare presentation. <laughs> so we did, but by the end of it, we were almost ready to sign. They were so good <laughs> at what they presented, but eventually we said no, took the car. Yeah. And took the car for a week. They kind of guilted you into, oh, you're going to take our car, but not our timeshare pitch. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what the sign said. That's Listen why to your timeshare like pitch and get a car. Things. I hated it. Three hours of my life, I, I can't get back. However, I'm just wondering, you know, again, to have Chuck McDowell spending all the money that he does on these national ads, right. there must be a lot of business there. Absolutely. In that timeshare cancellation industry. <laughs> But anybody out there with an anecdote to say, yeah, and that's real, and I got out of mine, or I could use Chuck McDowell's help right now, will you take a break, and we'll come back with more on 1240 Joe Radio. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! When you think of Albans, you think plumbing. And when you think of plumbing, you think water. Hi, this is Katie Albin. Some plumbing projects don't have anything to do with water. At Albans Plumbing, we also work with natural gas and propane lines. So if you need a gas line for home heating, cooking, or for a gas water heater, give us a call. At Albans Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albans Plumbing. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! There's a lot of power plays going on this year in college football but there's still a lot of power here in the Willamette Valley. A power Honda off the Sandy MX at Albany, they have their new hybrid Accords and CRVs waiting for you to test drive, as well as their new pilots, HRV and Ridgeline trucks. And with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com, Power Honda in Albany can offer you the real power plays to help you drive. 
Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. The outside to the left and Johnson. Touchdown, Beavers. Hey, Beaver fans. Are you ready to tackle your financial game plan? If so, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call Tax Wealth Management Corvallis at 757-4185 or visit taxwealthmanagement.com. Okay. All right. So we do have an answer, but it's anecdotal the other direction and you said you have a brother that has a timeshare and loves it yeah okay they use it all the time good i wouldn't because i always thought because you know when you're in your 20s that's when you first get married you're in your 20s that's kind of when you start get targeted by uh things Mm -hmm. like um marketing what do you call those amway people i remember my my ex was a business opportunity we were just married my ex was in a coffee shop and she thought she'd made a new friend and this Isn't gal that the saddest came thing up ever? to her, started talking to her, and she thought she'd made a new friend. Yeah. And then, and then the pitch, and it was all about. Uh, I think it was. I don't think it was Amway, but it was something like that. This was forty years ago. Right. It's a long it's so time. So uncomfortable when you get to that point, yeah. and you know you've just been sort of being played. Yeah. And the, and, the and I remember way. the disappointment she spoke yeah. of about. I was so disappointed. I right. really liked her, and and you know. Yep. We were young, and then I remember <laughs> being approached for some vitamins over the phone. And then another one was uh, this insurance thing that goes on. But <laughs> but the uh, you go to places like Seaside, and there's a big sign. Right, and it's, right. a, it's In fact, it's a trademark, world trademark building right next to, to the Shiloh there. And they've got the sign. Come on in. But see, now I only see that as an older person right. my youthful person would have said oh yeah you can get a free tv or right a, right or a trip to wherever i'll i'll do this and i'll say no and then you do it and i my, my personality is i don't i don't like to disappoint people and i know say no no i know but i don't want this that's how we felt coming down the stretch of the three-hour presentation <laughs> in waikiki downtown you know it was waikiki beach just off the you know we're walking yeah. along Rental car for a week. Just listen to the pit. Okay. <laughs> we you, needed a car. <laughs> yeah. All, and the thing is, is they pitch it like all you have to do. Yeah. Is like, l- don't worry about saying no. Right. You can say no and da da da. But, but boy, they. Ugh. And then they turn it on you and you get in there and it's not, oh, really? You're going to use our car? You're going to. Yeah, essentially, yeah. They and, didn't come out directly. No, you just but that's feel the, the pressure. And then the different people coming in. <laughs> Unbelievable experience. And I just said at the end, we, you know, we almost capitulate. Oh, all right, we surrender. We'll take the timeshare. Somebody should go in. I'd like to hear of a story, maybe Saturday Night Live. Just go in and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm here for the car. I'm not doing it. But the I'm going to sit here for three the hours. Entire time. I, I will listen. But don't every it, 10 yeah. minutes, I'm not doing yeah. it, but I'm taking the car. <laughs> all three hours. Yeah. <laughs> So anyhow, I so, just, I'm just amused by the whole Chuck McDowell thing, but maybe, yeah. and maybe because we didn't take it, maybe a lot of people did take it, uh, and maybe, uh, yeah. 
I, I just, I'm just shocked by that. Be I started what's called <laughs> how he keeps bragging. <laughs> I started in the process. I started what's called. And then if I take it as a client, how do you spell the word client as he says it? I'm not C- sure. C-L-O-N-T. If you, if you, yeah, I'm just, you know, again, no no disrespect. I'm just saying it catches. <laughs> it's catchy. He's catchy. He's a George Zimmer type figure. Yeah. He's a, he's made himself a celebrity. And you hear Jim Rome, my guy, Chuck McDowell, can help you out. It's unbelievable <laughs> to me that that's such a big deal. Anyhow, I'm just wondering if anybody in our listening world will say, well, it actually is, Mike. And it took us years to get out of ours, and we're glad we did, yeah. or whatever. Dave, That's all. Dave, Dave from Sandy is a fan of the of the system, so he's taken okay. his family all over the place and, and had no problems. He wouldn't need the Chuck he McDowell. wouldn't need to be a Chuck McDowell clot. Clot. Okay. What else you got? Anything else on the da- on the University Honda text line? The downward dog phone line is available four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Any. Sort of wrap-up thoughts about uh, yesterday and some of the content from yesterday and people and personalities and so on that you heard that vaguely amused you or it was interesting to you. Anything on that from yesterday? Anything else as the week carries on after the ruling by Judge Leiby in Whitman County in Pullman? I'm hearing good things from our loyally friends and one in particular who I think is going to be become a correspondent for us uh-huh. as we head down the road in heading toward a preliminary injunction in the discovery phase, Alan Thayer, behind Enemy Lines Facebook group. He has about 2,900 people that from all over the world. Is The original intent was to have a Facebook group, I think, for Beaver fans within the Eugene Springfield area. Yeah, but now yeah. there's 2,900 fans. People come in from all over. You don't have to live in Lane County to be part of uh, behind Enemy Lines. But Alan, uh, an astute uh, lawyer himself and business person has been in business law has been very helpful. He said this whole thing so far bodes well for Washington State and Oregon State. Judge Libby's ruling, uh, everything going on so far has been good and encouraging and promising about what may port what may be ahead down the road. You know, it's it's funny because uh, after yesterday's show and just I, I kind of. Let it go a little bit. You know what I mean? That's kind of why I, I, I posed the question for Steve. I was curious how much of how much of this stuff takes up your mind versus actual football and beaver football. Because I think we're all in that we could ask each other that question. Right. Over and over again. And I think it changes. It's fluid for me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm I wanna get into football. I wanna get into that. There it's kind of quiet, in other words, after the uh TRO was granted on Monday. It's just kind of been a quiet week. I guess the next surprise that might come, if there was a surprise, would be someone in the 10 or any other conference fearing the discovery and saying, uh, uh, we'll just invite you in as part of a deal. Right. No, I, I got you. I don't on that. think I, that I, would happen. I don't I don't know if I want it to happen, but it might. I mean, you never know. No, you don't. When they fear, when it's all about leverage in that that world. You never know what they might fear. I also, because we are so uh, preoccupied with our own position yeah. as yeah. as the two, the pack two against the treacherous 10, I'm wondering on the treacherous 10 side of things, and that's Alan Thayer's term for the 10 departing yeah, schools. I like it. I like it. But are they sitting there, armed back, you know, it's kind of <laughs> these guys. This is easy. We're, they, we're, yeah. We'll get what we need. Don't worry about it. I mean, do they have their loyalty people saying, no worries here. Nothing to see here. Our case is strong. We are still a conference. We still have a seat at the table. 
Now, Judge Libby's actions would indicate they shouldn't feel that good. True. But I'm just wondering if people amongst your friends, if you have friends in the 10, or are they saying, ah, we're not worried about that or this, that or the. I mean, I, I just wonder if there's a stronger case on the other side from their standpoint that we haven't considered yet. I uh, okay. Just to answer yeah. that, from my perspective, I don't think they care because they already know they're going. To they're taken care of, and they're taken care of now. Cal and Stanford aren't. <laughs> they they actually said we'll go somewhere and not get paid at all. How how in well, the world? Why would they do that? Yeah, they, I don't. They didn't say not get paid at all. Well, that, they're not going to get paid for a couple of years. Well, I think that's SMU going in. Uh, Cal and Stanford at a lower rate, a much lower rate. But they're, it's not as though they're I not thought I had read that they're not getting anything for, for the, a couple of years. For a, maybe. Yeah. No, you may be right. And, and even if yeah, they, I think you are right on that. Even, yeah. yeah, so that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That for, for them to say it's better to fly all over the country and dig it deep into their coffers, which Stanford has plenty of it. I don't know about Cal. For nothing and say that's better than... Hanging with Oregon and Oregon or Oregon State and, and Washington State, I guess it is because you're still in an established conference. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I it is, and I think, but I think too that things will change in five years because other conferences deals will be up, and will other teams like a Vanderbilt or or some lower echelon teams that are viewed quote unquote lower get kicked to the curb the way that the Beavers and Cougars did. Or will some teams, some schools, revolt so loudly by their non-football sports and just just complain for five years, this is horrible, this mm-hmm. is horrible, mm-hmm. where they just say, okay, oh, and then they spend too much money. All right, we need to get back to the West. That's what I think could happen. Yeah. I'm hoping that does happen. Some form of sanity returns right. or prevails. Or what's this deal that everybody talks about? Where, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. There's just going to be two giant conferences. Well, well, does that include everybody? Or do the lower echelon teams, again, air quotes, yeah. get kicked to the curb I, I do think, in that scenario? Yeah, I do think you still have a, you're susceptible if you're in a market like ours in Pullman. So I think these it's two not, giant it's not, leagues will only be for it the It could still be, yeah, just for 40 or 50 schools or whatever. Well, then there's a lot more in the pool that Oregon State and Washington State are in right now. Only True. only we here are getting the experience from it. That's why if we could rebuild the Pac-12, even if it's with the Mountain West schools, mm-hmm. and get a deal with Apple, I think it would benefit, like Dave from Tumwater has said, I'm in full agreement, it could be far better for the Beavers and Cougars in the long run, maybe even the median run, to, to side and be the first to say yes to yeah. an entity with such yeah. deep pockets that... Now we're on the on their favorite part of the list when everybody else tries to do streaming, and we would have five years in. That's why I think there's right. an advantage and there. It's a little bit what what John Spolstra was saying yesterday. You don't say no yeah. to Apple. That yeah. was essentially the upshot of what John said. And by the way, John's acumen, his shrewdness, his experience strikes me as a guy you'd. You'd love to have him just as a consultant. He was once traded for an NBA player. That was fun to hear his retelling of the story about Larry Weinberg saying, "Oh, we're not, you know, we're yeah. we're not going to let you go consult because right. we've got he ideas no. here in our building. We're the Portland Trailblazers, and the Blazers' revenues were dwarfing all other major market teams. The Lakers, 
the Knicks, all of that, the Portland Trailblazers, thanks to Spolster's acumen, yeah. were making more money than anybody right, else. Right, and basically Weinberg, when he said no, yeah. was saying no to proprietary information, which was Spolster's brain. Until the Pacers, you know, we'll trade you a point guard that you need because Darnell Valentine got hurt. So we'll trade you Don Busey for two weeks of John <laughs> Spolster's time. And maybe Dr. Jack said, Larry, we need the guard. Send Spolster back there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Isn't that amazing. That is a great story. Yeah. It's and it's it shows how valuable that guy was. Yeah. That John was. It was really a pleasure to get to meet him and talk to him. An interesting man to be sure. He also noticed yesterday there was no hesitation on his part when we asked about that. I'd love to get Mike Barron on and have him refute that. Mm-hmm. Contrary to what John Spolstra said, right. we. But he just said he thinks that's come and gone. That the opportunity has been missed. That was John's. Based it off of feels the, and sounds that way yeah. based on the lack of sound and statements coming out of the Diamond Project, but I'd love to talk to Mike Barrett at some point on or off the air, particularly on, but off the record, I'd like to at least get something to say, well, we have taken some setbacks, but we're still, you know, we're still yeah. pounding on doors. We're yeah. still hammering away. But from what I got from the comments from John Spolstra was it's done not because there isn't a Portland Diamond Project right. and a couple of billionaires. It's done because the cities, these are my words, yeah. dumb enough to not even realize what they have. Yeah, in what's front of the them. city's investment? In, uh, none. None, zero. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, no, yeah. we don't. <laughs> we need le- we, we need, need to be paid for it then. Yeah. You know, whatever. I yeah. mean, I, I don't. That was a, that was an interesting part of the conversation yesterday. We're heading down the stretch on the Joe Beaver Show for this hour. Next hour, Marcus Greaves. He's a former Oregon State letterman. He's out of Prineville. He went to Crook County High School, went to Western Oregon, walked on at Oregon State, dealt with a lot of injuries, always a really good dude, and quickly jumped into the media life after he got his degree from Oregon State in digital communication arts, worked with A.J. McCord at Coin Television in Portland, parlayed that into a job in San Diego. Mm -hmm. He's an anchor on CBS's affiliate in San Diego. And he'll join us coming out of the gate at 12.05 to talk to us about the San Diego life, about San Diego as a market, maybe San Diego as a future member of the Pac-10 built up by Oregon State and Washington State from the Pac-2. Marcus Greaves will join us on all of that coming up here shortly. Um, Let's see. Now, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, we've got a special Joe Beaver Roadshow. The Habitat for Humanity Restore will have free pizza, chips, soda, other goodies there, as well as some football tickets to give away, a couple of pair of tickets for those, as well as uh, some gift certificates to the Habitat for Humanity Restore in Albany. So we'll be there tomorrow on a beautiful, warm day, 11 to 1, uh, here on the Joe Beaver Show. Michael in Lebanon used to... uh do cold calls for the world mark thing in in corvallis he said he got a million no's and it didn't bother him yeah that's what the 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 toughness the resiliency of salespeople is phenomenal and they are so good at it that we almost say yes but in the end did not capitulate and just drove off in our rental car Okay, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.
This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. With no end in sight for the Writers Guild strike, CBS is asking 60 Minutes, the top-rated Sunday night news magazine, to stretch that show to 90 minutes six times this fall, so it'll have something new to air after football games. Disney looking to break up its held exploratory talks about selling its ABC network and company-owned and operated stations to the local broadcaster Nexstar Media Group which owns affiliates of ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and the CW Network in different cities. Neither company responded to requests for comment. On Wall Street, stocks are higher after strong retail sales last month, mostly because of higher prices at the gas pump and a drop in jobless claims. The Dow's up 1%, the Nasdaq and the S&P up 3 quarters percent. And we've seen it here with Uber and Lyft. Now Forbes reports the U.K.'s biggest pub owner, Stonegate, is maximizing profits by raising prices on pints during the pub's peak operating hours. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Be a winner and have a wiener at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill. Enjoy a one-quarter pound all-beef gourmet hot dog. Choose from a coney dog, a sauerkraut dog, chili cheese and onion, a mustard dog, or Benchwarmer's popular Chicago-style dog. Try several burger selections, and if it's breakfast you're looking for, Benchwarmer's serves a $5 breakfast all day, every day. With 20 large-screen TVs, make Benchwarmer's your beaver football tailgating headquarters this fall. Come by and warm the bench at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill, 1895 North 9th Street in Corvallis, where Oregon State fans go on game day. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute with a great alternative when chipping. The new hybrid clubs are very useful. You've probably seen the tour pros use them to chip from just off the green. You can do the same thing if you don't have a hybrid by using your three wood. Use it when your ball is sitting up in light greenside rough close to the green. Here's what you need to do. Take your three wood and grip down almost to the shaft. The ball should be just forward of center. Push your hands just slightly ahead of the ball, and this is critical, make a smooth level motion just like you would for a long lag putt. The ball will jump off the top of the grass and roll onto the putting surface with no problem. With a little practice using your three wood, you'll find that the wide club face makes solid contact easy. So remember, use your imagination around the greens. Sometimes your fairway wood can come in very handy. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ten Bucks says your local Staples now accepts Amazon returns. Ten Bucks says you can make those returns at Staples seven days a week. Ten Bucks says you'll get in and out fast and easy. Ten Bucks says when you make an Amazon return at Staples, you'll get ten bucks off your Staples purchase of thirty dollars or more. Ten Bucks says it's pretty cool to get ten bucks to spend on something you want just for returning something you don't. Ten Bucks says Staples will be your new favorite place for Amazon returns. Ten Bucks says you knew I was going to say Ten Bucks says. Offer good in store only. Exclusions apply. very long it's been gone george tell how it's gonna be but in the end the commission only said we figured it 17 different ways and every time we figured it was no good because no matter how we figured it but no matter how you figure it out i still don't get as much as anybody else somebody don't like the way we figured it so now there's only one way to figure it and that is every man for himself when black this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Nah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Heading into the second hour, Mike Parker with John Warren on a gorgeous day. Are we continuing on track to be hot Saturday? Yes, we are. Today, tomorrow, and Saturday. It says 89 officially, but, uh, you know. You push it to 90. Push it to 90. All I say is, if you're going to be on that uh, west, east side, sun's not going down. (laughs) So be ready with water and, and sunscreen. San Diego State and the Beavers at 1230 at Reeser Stadium. And it is a pleasure to talk to our next guest because he can touch, he touches both worlds. Mm-hmm. He's a former Beaver football player, graduate of Oregon State, but now an anchor and reporter for CBS 8 in the great San Diego market. Marcus Greaves joins us so we can get a perspective quietly. He can't say this on the air, but with us, he could probably give us a little go, Beavs. <laughs> Marcus Greaves joins us. Marcus, thanks for your time. How are you today? Fellas, I'm great, man. And Mike, you know, I I can't still say it. I, I've made it very clear. I've already done a few stories this week about this matchup. And I just had to let the San Diego State fans know I absolutely love the Aztecs and I've grown to love them a whole lot. Um, everything we've been through so far since I've been here in San Diego. But uh, I think this week they can, they can cut me a little bit of slack, man. This one hits home. <laughs> hey, a couple of things, uh, Marcus. This is John. I, I appreciate your social media. What is in any other week but this one, 
in how you are still a beeve. I, I love it. You, you follow the games. You 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 comment on them. Even though I knew that you were in San Diego working in that sports market, so appreciate that. Following you, also um, the uh, uh, the game. We we were asking these questions of ourselves, and we thought, well, Marcus can answer this. I never see. Now I'm I'm not probably following the right people or the right things, but I never see any fandom from San Diego State. And I know it's a beautiful campus. I've been there for baseball games. Um and and the basketball team made the finals and all that. It's a great institution and I always thought, well, they would be a good addition to the Pac-12 when that first thought process was going to be. But you never hear their fans or see them on social media. Maybe you do, but I I don't. What do they think about everything that has gone on from the tease of coming into a league that disappeared on them and now where they are now. Yeah, and the thing is, I think the San Diego State fans have kind of been through a little bit of a whirlwind of emotions as, as of lately. And when I mean as of lately, I mean in the past two years since I've been here because, like you guys said, at one point, it sounded like it was a lock that the Pac-12 was going to be their next home. But then from there, those talks kind of stopped pretty drastically. You have the basketball team making the finals. So everybody in San Diego was a huge basketball fan. Um, you know, you're thinking, hey, the future is so bright for this for this college and on all sport fronts. And then all of a sudden, you know, they come back to the Mountain West, the football team. They're kind of still looking to find their identity this season. It's been a little bit for the whole way. People are still trying to figure out, me being one of them, what's going to go on and what the future kind of looks like, not just for the conference, but for San Diego State. I think, like you guys said, they would have been a great addition to the Pac-12, but I think we know and we now see what has happened to the Pac-12 and what that means for a lot of those teams going forward. Obviously, some moving on, and a team like Oregon State and Washington State still trying to kind of figure out uh, their future. But, you know, this is what I always said, is that California obviously is a beautiful place, and there's a ton of things to do in Southern California. So sometimes if you don't see the games as full, I mean, sometimes you can't really blame the fans because, on a Saturday afternoon, would you rather be at the beautiful beach or would you be watching for football? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll tell you guys this. I'm the biggest football fan probably that there is or that I personally know. And even though sometimes I'm like, you know what, sitting at the beach, it sounds so bad. <laughs> so, uh, I, think, I think it's kind of in between. But, hey, man, I think this, this matchup is going to be a very interesting one. And I'm pretty excited for it on Saturday. Marcus Greaves, CBS 8 Sports, former Beaver running back and graduate in digital arts from Oregon State University working in the San Diego market. Tell us what you think about the game itself, Marcus, and talking to Brady Hoke as you have this week. I think you've needled him about, hey, you're going up and dealing with my beeves or however it is you've talked about it with Brady. But they're 2-1. and one. It feels like it's a little shaky 2-1 and one at, you know, just in how the games have gone. But what do you think of the team Brady's got? What kind of matchup and game are you expecting Saturday? Yeah, well, the thing is, is that, you know, San Diego State, coming into the season, they played Ohio, they won 2013, and they played Idaho State, which was a pretty ugly game, in my opinion. I don't think anybody, uh, Coach Hope, one of them would disagree, that it was a bit of a disappointing win. You won 36-28 against the Bengals, like I was saying. And then you take on your first real tough opponent in UCLA last weekend, and at first it seemed like, the, you know, San Diego State had a little bit of a, a, a good game plan. They found something through the air, which is what we've kind of been waiting to see from this offense, but ended up being a 35-10 loss. Their quarterback, Jalen Maiden, really great kid, has a lot of potential. I think he, he's still trying to kind of find his way as a quarterback. 
removed a safety mm-hmm. last season and then moved back to quarterback last, by the end of last season and ended up starting for the Aztecs. Big kid, though, about 6'3", 215, 220, so super athletic, has a good arm and, and can make some plays. But I just think right now the Aztecs are having a hard time trying to find their true identity, um, you know, and uh, let's not kid ourselves, this Oregon State team is much improved from, you know, as you guys know, the past few seasons that we've seen them. But you look at this Beavers team now, and offensively they're tough. DJ obviously is playing fantastic. Uh, Martinez is playing fantastic. That offensive line is tough. Um, and then you look on the other side of things on the defensive side, and those guys get after it, man. They just, they're smart football players. They, make, they don't give up big plays. And right now, the Oregon State is feeling good because the Aztecs don't really have that big play capability, I want to say, as of right now. Now, the thing for the Aztecs is their defense is always going to be tough, arguably some of the toughest that I think the Beavers will play this season. They're fast. They get to the ball quick. Um, their defensive line, I think, is really good. They make, some, they make some quick adjustments when needed to. But, you know, I don't want to say this is going to be a game where Oregon State is, is done playing by the third quarter, but if I've seen anything from this Aztecs team so far, uh, I, I think this could be another one of those one of those tough games against a Pac-12 opponent where it could be a, a couple of touchdown lead for Oregon State, and San Diego State might be looking some wounds, man. Marcus Greaves, CBS 8 in San Diego, anchor and reporter joining us on the Joe Beaver Show, but his roots in Prineville, Crook County High School, Western Oregon, came to Oregon State, uh, dealt with a lot of injuries here, but evolved and moved on quickly into a very successful career in the media world, which before we're done here, Marcus, kind of want to retell that story you shared with us before, but just a little bit more on the game and your team itself. Brady Hoke's a good guy, right? I mean, it sounds like you guys have mm-hmm. good interactions. He's a good football coach. Tell me a little bit about Brady Hoke, what he's all about. Yeah, man, I love Coach Hoke. And, I, and one thing about Coach Hoke is that him and I, especially this week, we've been joking around a little bit. I told him a few times in the press conference that, Hey, man, I got an Oregon State shirt for you ready if you want to throw it on. And, you know, we've had some funny banter back and forth. And uh, we, there's been a, a few times where, you know, after practice or, or after the press conference, we'll just sit there and kind of just reminisce on Corvallis and how much we really loved it. The thing about Coach Hope, man, he's such a great guy. Um, and San Diego State is truly lucky to have him because he's one of the great football minds in the country. Um, but what really stands out to me about Coach Hope is his positive outlook. You know, and a lot of the times I think, and as you know, football can be arguably one of the most stressful sports that there is. And even when Coach Hope and the Aztecs lose, he likes to look at the positive. Now, obviously, he knows that there's things that they need to improve on, but I see him on the field. I see how he's talking to his players. Even in that UCLA game, he wanted his players to move quick, move precise, and make the right decisions, even if they're down big. And I think that, that just tells you what kind of a coach he is. Now, I always said it with Oregon State is that once he kind of gets his, once Jonathan Smith gets his horses in the stable, by that I mean the players that he needs and, and to build up the program, that they're going to be really good as we see what the Beavers are doing now. I think it's the exact same thing for the Aztecs. Whenever they get those guys that they truly need, and not saying that they don't have them already, but you know, once things start to click with this team, I think they can be dangerous, man. It's just going to be interesting to see how long it will take hopefully sooner than later for the Aztecs if they can get the guys that they need and, and Coach Hope can, can turn it around because just two seasons ago, I mean, they won the Mountain West. You know, so it's not like Coach Hope can't win games. I think it's just, as you guys know, college football is all over the place right now. Yeah. I think they'll have a chance to be really great in the next few seasons. 
Hopefully they can figure out this season and finish with, you know, some big-time wins against some really good opponents. But their schedule isn't doing them any favors. You play UCLA, uh, Oregon State, and the next up is Boise State. And after that, they go to Air Force, which is always a tough one. So Coach Hoke, I think he's ready for the challenge. I think that's what he's always been. And he's a guy who's ready to step up for the challenge and, and make a statement. And it's going to be interesting to see if he can do that for the rest of the season. Marcus, what kind of a, what was the makeup of the UCLA game? How did they dominate so much in time of possession and get beat so bad? Was it just controlling the ball and turning it over, or what, what happened in that game? Yeah, and three turnovers on the day for quarterback Jalen Maiden, and, and the score wouldn't show it to you, but you know there was one play that, that will stick with me, and I said it in my sports cast, is that these are the type of plays you can't have happen if you want to win a game, and that's, they were on the half-yard line, I want to say it was in the third quarter, and Looking like, okay, I think I want to say the score at this time was 20, 28 to 7. UCLA was up assets, like I said, on the half yard line and they couldn't punch it in. Instead, they try to do a quick tunnel screen, ends up getting hit off the hands of the receiver, intercepted by UCLA in the end zone. Those are the type of plays you can't have. San Diego State, I think they were in the right position. They had a perfect game plan, but they gave up too many plays and too many mental mistakes. They're not going to win the game with three turnovers. I want to say, Coach Cook has always told us if you have more than one turnover in a game, the odds of winning drops drastically, like to 15% or something crazy. And don't quote me on the numbers because you're going to have to ask Coach Cook this, but <laughs> that, that forever stuck with me. And I saw that in this game. Of they were in the right positions. They just didn't make the right plays. So that's what I'm saying. It's going to be interesting to see going forward if they have these opportunities. Can you capitalize on them and make sure that you do what you need to do in order to win the game? Because the aspect has started great against Pac-12 teams since 2016. They've been 7 and 5. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not like they don't know how to beat these teams. It's just can you do it? Do you have the roster to do it? And on top of that, can you play discipline enough in order to get those wins? Marcus, where, where is San Diego State sports in the queue for you as somebody that has, I don't know how many minutes you get on your sportscast on CBS 8, but <laughs> with the Chargers gone, with the Padres, I mean, what? San Diego State's great in basketball, men's hoops, and so on. But what, what about the place in the fans in your city in the metro area that the Aztecs hold? Yeah, I, and the thing is that San Diego is a fantastic sports town. And even though the Chargers left, and that's kind of a sore subject from time to time, uh, you do get a little bit of a hate mail when I'm doing my sports cast and I throw the Charger highlights in. But mm-hmm. listen, San Diego, like I said, they're a great sports town. And regardless of who's here or what team is here, they want to see their teams win. And it's we saw last year when the Padres made their deep run in the playoffs and, and the MLB, those fans were dying to have these kind of moments. And they, they lived up to the challenge. Petco Park was sold out. It was, it was crazy around the city. Everybody was wearing the brown and gold. It was amazing to see the same thing for the basketball team. And they made some national championship. I want to say I was having conversations about basketball with random people on the street were like, Marcus, what do you think is going to happen? Hey, I like this guy doing this, or I think they can win here, or they can win there. It was so awesome to see, and I think that just kind of shows you what kind of a sports city San Diego is. And the book that I always like to play is that, hey, who says San Diego is in the sports town? So it's the Chargers. Yeah. They're dedicated to, to their sports like any other city is. And, you know, when the Aztecs are, are playing great, or when they're not playing great, the people still show out. And, you know, I always got to leave the sports show with some Aztec it's a math tech love because, man, those fans, they really do show out week in and week out. And how about, how about with the new football stadium? I know you, it, any stadium nowadays is hard to fill, but if you're winning, it's not. 
and they're not, but they were, you know, two years ago. I mean, how do they, how are they receiving the new football stadium? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a beautiful stadium. And, you know, I've been there a few times now because there's a lot of events that are held there. Uh, Manchester United played Rexham there, uh, I want to say about a month ago, and it was, that thing was packed, sold out. Now, for the Aztecs, again, sometimes it's a little tough when you're not winning or scoring a whole lot of points. So, from time to time, it's a little, it's a little iffy, I would say, with the fans that actually show up. But this last year against UCLA, a big game, I think Coach Holt made it, made it very clear that he'd like a lot of fans to be there and to show their support, and they did. They showed out as much as they could, and obviously the result, they would hope it would have been different. But, you know, I think the fans and everybody around San Diego, uh, San Diego media, a lot of them absolutely loves that, that stadium and what it brings. Um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go going forward. I know San Diego is getting an MLS team in 2025, so that's going to be another place where they'll play, that's not Dragon Stadium. So I think even though Qualcomm is hearing more to see in the Snapdragon Stadium and, and how many people are starting to pile in. I think it's been pretty cool to see that. I'm excited to see where the stadium leads the city going forward. Last couple of things with Marcus Greaves. Speaking of new stadiums and, and a new look and enthusiasm, <laughs> Marcus, I got to ask you, did you watch a little bit? I mean, have you seen any of the UC Davis game? I know you follow the Beavers closely, but do you have a feel yet for a sense of the completed Reeser, the look of it, the feel of it? I mean, you got to be up here to experience it, but what do you think so far? Oh, man, I absolutely love it. And it's funny, I, I've been, I was looking on Twitter. I actually got the new Reacher Stadium on Twitter on, on my little search link because I just wanted to see it, man. I just wanted to see it with all the people in it. And when I finally did, you know, as a guy who obviously played there at Reacher Stadium with the old side, I, I personally love the old side, but I knew it was time for a change. I love the support that the school has, has gave to the Beavers, man, and everything. And just seeing what Racer Stadium is now, and we knew it could be this. It's so amazing, man. And I'm just, I'm just so happy, not only for the players, but for the fans. I mean, they make that experience at Racer Stadium as great as it is. So to see it, now, I know that there, from what I've told you, that there are some things that need to be you know, a little tightened up here and there. But, man, what I've seen so far, in my mind, is perfect. And I definitely got to get up there to a game and check it out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure which one, but trust me, Mike, You'll know when I'm up there, brother. <laughs> I, will, I will make it very Thank clear you, sir. I'm there. I'll be jumping up and down. You guys will see me, man. It'll be a fun time. We look forward to it. And your own story, Just uh, we've talked about it before with you. You've been kind enough to join us at various stops. But you, you, you got on a pretty fast track, Marcus. Congratulations. Your talent, your ambition, your work ethic, all of that, taking you to Portland, uh, even a bigger market than San Diego. But but you get a job that expanded your horizons out of coin to go down and work at CVS. Our, our, my good friend, A.J. McCord, I have the honor of working with her on Talking Beavers. But, Marcus, you got on a pretty fast track when you were at Prineville High School, I mean, at Crook County High School in Prineville, getting ready to make a collegiate decision. Were you thinking, hey, someday I'd like to be doing what you are doing now and be a guy in the media? <laughs> I didn't, to be honest with you, Mike, I didn't even think about that a little bit. I think I was like every other every other young athlete thinking about the NFL. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mike, I, I can't take all the credit. I do have to give you some credit, man, because I do remember watching those Beaver games when I was younger. Um, seeing Danny Strotter, the Roger brothers, hearing mm -hmm. your calls, I always got super excited. I remember going back on YouTube and just watching some of the highlights just so I can hear the calls, see the, see the crowd roar and everything like that. It's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, super, I'm super fortunate uh, that – 
hard work and, and the people I've met through connections like Edison Bernard, who helped me get into this field, has, has helped me take the strides and the steps that I need to in order to be a member of the media. And, you know, my story, I, I, I'm glad that it's not over. I'm glad that it, mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still being written. But, you know, sometimes I do take a step back saying, man, find your org, and I never people riding horses to school. So, <laughs> uh, to, be, to be where I am now, man, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly a blessing that I'm very, I'm very fortunate and I'm very grateful for the people I've met at Oregon State, in Prineville, in Oregon, mm-hmm. and here in San Diego. So it's, it's been a fun one, man. Sometimes i got to sit back and yep. say, I can't really believe it is where it is. Well, congratulations, Marcus, to, to you, and, and it's a pleasure to visit with you again. We hope to do it again, and we may be doing it more often in the days ahead. One never knows about where all of this <laughs> is going. But if, if it means getting to see you a little bit more and, and coming down to Snapdragon and competing with the Aztecs, I think that's a, a strong likelihood in the days ahead. That'll be a lot of fun for us. Marcus, thanks for taking time for us and hope to see you up here again. Let us know when you're coming. We'll be looking for you. Thanks for the time. Shandler, thank you so much, man. And uh, under, under my breath, I'm going to say this. Go be. <laughs> well thanks, done. Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. Marcus Greaves, CBS 8 in San Diego. Boy, that is quite a jump. I mean, to go from Crook County High to <laughs> Western Oregon to Oregon State and then get a degree and move to Portland, now San Diego. And he mm-hmm. even said, good for him. He said, there are days, as much of a sports fan as he is, that you think, eh, the beach or the Aztec game. I know. The beach has a lure and a pull. It's a beautiful city and market. It would have a lure and a pull to try to maybe not try to go for a bigger market. San Diego <clears throat> is at number 30, you say. 30. Portland's 22? Portland's 22. Mm-hmm. He was already in 22. Yeah, he was in 22, but I think he got a better job opportunity yeah. in terms of what he was doing at Coin. Let's break. We have open phones down the stretch, open phones and texts. Your thoughts about uh, any of the above? All of it? Some of it? Yesterday's show? Anything that jumped out at you from the guests? The cavalcade of guests that we had from No Hose? Uh, those of you that came by, Bill Chisholm, uh, Dave Olson, Brad Boylan, uh, listeners to the show, and Andy McClowski came by, but it was a real pleasure to be there in that setting. Greg Crawford texted me today and said they had a 69 people there, wow. which is the highest number they've had in a long, long time for that. It was a delightful time to, to spend in the big city. If you'd like to join us with any reflections on it, anything else. 497-5356, 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line on Joe Radio. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. The outside to the left, and Johnson, touchdown Beavers! Hey Beaver fans, are you ready to tackle your financial game plan? If so, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble, call Tax Wealth Management Corvallis at 757-4185. Or visit taxwealthmanagement.com. 
Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done and did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available, too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Summer's coming to an end. School's back in session. And you're thinking, should I? Should I buy a new auto at Power Honda off the San Diego exit in Albany? Well, with a new Honda Accord and CRV hybrids, HRVs, Ridgeline trucks, pilots, and with over a thousand pre owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com to choose from, Power Honda in Albany thinks the answer is absolutely, positively, a resounding yes. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. What's the name of the San Diego guy? Ted Leitner. Ted Leitner. And I, I'm curious to know, we, we have a request out for Ted. He may join us tomorrow. The voice of the Padres from 1980 to 2020 in That's the Padres a, Hall of Fame. That's a good run. That is a very good run. And it, I'm just curious if there's any transplanted San Diegans, anybody who, you know, is Leitner, and that is Leitner to that market, in a sense, what Chonley was to ours in the NBA Ted Leitner. I say the name Ted Leitner, and you say, funny guy, good guy, great announcer, beloved figure, legendary figure. I didn't like him. You know, what? Is, is there he, anybody in our midst? I'm not saying I didn't like him. I'm just no, asking. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know his work at all. I do not know but, his work but at all. If he's still doing stuff. But he's 76 but he's, years old. But he's not with the Padres. Was it an ugly departure? No, no. He, 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 was, he, he just said it's time. Okay. And he'd had some health issues and some other things. He'd been the voice of San Diego State Aztec football and basketball for a long time. Oh, okay. okay. And he's now doing the Aztecs football and basketball. I saw an article saying big, you know, fans are thrilled for Ted Leitner going to the Final Four with San yeah, Diego good, State. And just good. So it sounds like, and they call him great. Uncle Teddy yeah, in that sounds market. Sounds like a great guy. But I'm just curious if any of you have ever heard him. You have the MLB ticket or whatever else. Oh, he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. guys. He's one of the underrated guys. I've never heard him do baseball. Really, I really haven't. He I don't had know. to have been great to last that long in a major league uh, uh, market and uh, to be revered. Although you said, eh, yeah, maybe some some didn't because of a. How he would uh, say, my Padres. Well, when the Padres were ahead, my Padres lead 6-3 to three as we go to the 7th. If they were trailing, your Padres trail 6-3 to three going to the 7th. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a front runner, but apparently 
a legendary figure in that market. So if any of you have been in that market, know that market, came from that market, hear him once in a while, know the name Ted Leitner and want to just regale us with anything Ted Leitner-esque, feel free at 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. We're going to go to Tumwater in just a second. And I'm glad because when I texted him, he he has brought to Russo's attention the ruling in Whitman County. Mm. So Mad Dog Russo is aware that Washington State and Oregon State got a favorable ruling from Judge Leiby. I texted Dave and asked Dave, did he seem interested? Yeah, yeah. And Dave's answer was, yes, but it's going to take, it's complicated. There's a lot there. So I'm hoping he'll kind of open that door to us to say, okay, how did a national radio guy react to this news that we're so preoccupied with yeah. in our local world. How much does a national right. guy care? Yeah, and, and did he ask the right kinds of questions, and does he think this sounds favorable and all of that? Because I keep wondering, as much as we're encouraged by news mm-hmm. and ruling, the ruling, <laughs> as the other side just sitting back, you know, they, I watch Lincoln Lawyer enough to know that, hey, you know, prosecution's got this or that or whatever else. We're sitting on something. We're sitting on something <laughs> big. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. You know, that type of thing. Right. I'm wondering on the right. other side, yeah, the treacherous like? 10 is Alan Thayer. What do they got? I don't think they care. Okay. Well, they may not, but they, they might like some money out the door to pay their moving expenses. <laughs> right. Now, listen, tomorrow we're going to be at Albany Habitat Restore for a special Joe Beaver Roadshow. I just learned that not only with football tickets will be given away tomorrow, We'll also have some free rounds of golf at Spring Hill yeah. as part of the package, as well as some $25 Restore gift certificates to use in the Albany Habitat for Humanity Restore. It's next to the Albany Skate Park across the street from Eleanor Hackleman Park. Free pizza, chips, and beverages enter uh, to win the various prizes I just mentioned. It's a big-time opportunity for us because... Albany Habitat's been building homes for low-income families in need since 1993 in Albany. And Albany Habitat is always looking for more volunteers. So if you can come by and say you can help with building those new homes, all construction skill uh, skill levels are welcome. Rod Porsche will be our host. He's a huge Beaver fan and Knights fan. Would see him at games all summer over the last several summers watching the Knights win championships. So that's where we'll be tomorrow, 1225 6th Avenue Southeast, 11 to 1 for a Joe Beaver Roadshow at the Albany Habitat for Humanity Restore. Dave from Tumwater on the Joe Beaver Show. A lot to get to, Dave. What's on your mind? Well, I got five things, Mike, and I don't want to pull a, a page out of your playbook. I was Russo, and that discussion's on the list, but I'm hoping to okay. tease it a little by saving that for last. Sure. But I can get through the other things quickly. Uh, big series tonight in Baltimore, the Rays and the Orioles. This is it. Orioles have a two-game lead, three in the lost column. I learned the importance of that in 1960. It's the lost column that matters, not the numbers in the games behind. But it's a big series nonetheless. Fortunately, it's home. we got calm, cool, and collected Adley behind the plate. <laughs> I like our chances. They only really need to win one game. So if they end up tied, there's no one-game 63s anymore. Right. Regardless. Tiebreakers. They win. They need one game in the series. They hold the tiebreaker uh, against Tampa. By the way, they're up to 86 consecutive series without being multi-game series, without being swept, which not coincidentally is perfectly overlapping with Adley Rutschman's yeah. goal after this block. Yep. Secondly, 
I never had any association with Mr. McDowell, but a friend of mine did. Uh, it's a complicated process. We had He needed witnesses to sign affidavits, so forth and so on. But, Mike, you're on to something that's even more important, dare I say, because these ads typify larger currents for what's going on in our political economy. I remember distinctly in the mid-aughts, 2005, 2006, 2007, hearing all these advertisements on the radio for refinancing your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Don't let these guys take advantage. Of course, we now know with perfect hindsight that the real estate boom was about to crash. So these ads do tip it. They, right. they give you some insight into what the undercurrents of what's going on in the economy, Mike. So yeah. I tr- trust your instincts. You're on to something. Okay. Thank you. The or- Third, the Oregon Stater magazine. It was interesting to read about Nick Dasher there. I didn't realize that. But you might also note that they featured the, the death of the long, of the, of the, the lamented departure of Andy Langforce. Yes, they uh, did. Who uh, was, a, was, a, was, a, was a, with the 42 Rose Bowl team, was, was a big feature on the Oregon State landscape. I gave him my copy of the barometer that I had gotten in a garage sale at at, uh, at at Oregon State. Remember, they sell the pads, the uniforms. There was back sets of the barometer. I got the 1941-42 bound edition of the wow. barometer. But I want to segue to Oppenheimer, Mike, because no one's picked up on it, but I'm going to. Okay. In that, in one of those articles, in the barometer, I called in, and you were a little dismissive of it, Mike, not that I'm that defensive, <laughs> although I can't be just like anyone else. But someone in the in the physics department at Oregon State in 1943 in the barometer says the physicists are going to win this war. Do you remember my calling in about that item? It blew my mind. And, of course, the physicists, they might not have won the war, which is your point. The guys who got killed at Okinawa and Iwo Jima, Pearl Harbor, they're the ones that won the war in equal measure. But it was the physicists, Mike, that ended the war and Oppenheimer as a movie. I move off this quickly, unless you want to. Well, okay, deeper. quickly, Dave. I don't. Rem- you, you sure that w- I don't yeah. remember disagreeing or dismissing the idea that it was advanced, perhaps by with the idea about the physicists on a certain level. That it's true, and that it ended the war. You know, but 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 what I'm saying is, I don't remember even having that conversation, Dave, with you about it. So my apologies. I may may not have gotten your point. If if not, I apologize for that. No, I I thought your point was very well made, Mike. I mean, I'm agreeing with you uh, because uh, was your father, who who we have already already referenced in today's show, was he not a World War II veteran? I think that was your comment. Yeah, no, he, yes, and... The land, I probably was referencing my father with, with so many other young men landing at Normandy on June 6, 1944. So, you know, I, I mean, I, the physicist's argument is, is on a different kind of track, and certainly there is truth yeah. in, in perhaps what was advanced in the Oregon Stater in 1943 that, that's inarguable. But I think we're, yeah. So I think we're on the same page with that, Dave. Anyway. Yeah, that, I, think, yeah. We, I think we were just talking right. past each other, Mike. Right. Uh, but, but what I found remarkable, just to revisit it, that in the barometer in 1943, 
uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, 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 in the spring of 1942, rather, because it was the 41 42 mm-hmm. bond edition, there's someone from the physics department of Oregon State talking about how the physicists are going to win this war. Mm-hmm. I just found that in light of the movie that has since come out, which yeah. I hope to segue to, to be a remarkable disclosure. So as to the movie, yes. it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. The only movie I've ever seen where I walked out of it with as much sense of, of narrative having been told or story depicted was 2001 Space Odyssey in 1968 mm. or 69. Mm-hmm. And my favorite scene in the movie, Mike, is the gymnasium scene, I'll call it. The war is over. Yes. Bombs have been dropped. Oppenheimer is going to appear in front of the team that worked on the project at Los Alamos. And there's this thunderous, almost orgiastic response, which is, which is, pre, which is prefigured in other moments of the film, which is why Nolan is such a genius. I mean, he prefigures so many things. that i got to go back and see the movie a second yeah. time. Yeah. And I know some people that have seen it three or four times. It's that rich. It's a tremendous accomplishment, and I agree with you. That, and here, here is the one, the one thing that I would say, Dave, that scene that you refer to I, I, it was, to me, also the most effective, emotional, impacting, powerful scene in the film, in a great film. I almost felt like it could have ended there. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, if the end occurred as he's walking under the bleachers with those images in his head and the thunderous applause that he has heard, that to me might have been the perfect sort of ambiguous, conflicted ending about the events that occurred under his leadership. And I felt like the stuff that came after, while compelling and interesting, was almost a different story in itself. Well, that's that's Nolan's genius in my mind, in my mind, Mike, because Oppenheimer is actually two or three films yeah. all round one right. round wound up into one reel. Yeah, no question. No question. Yeah, uh, and one third of the movie is after that point. Well, we could talk yeah. about that, that later. So let's get to the topic at hand, which is the lawsuit uh, and where it stands. Now, so I called Russo, and I and and you have to. I do it with you guys, but with him, you've got to do it in a more exaggerated sense because that's the way the media works. Right. In other words, you've you got to make your big point. Mm-hmm. So I started with the fact that there's this little lawsuit that's playing out over in Whitman County, Washington, mm-hmm. and Russo's son is on the University of Wisconsin broadcasting. Uh, he had been he had done the post game show from <laughs> Pullman the previous weekend, and Russo was listening to it, which I had anticipated. Yeah. But Chris talked a little bit about that. But it, but here's the point: I, I went right to the bottom line, as I've said to you guys earlier in this week. Not that it'll play out this way, but the but what I've read, the interview of the fellow you've had on, what I've seen of him elsewhere. This could be one of the biggest things that's ever happened in college athletics. I mean, it is absolute. The potential is absolutely huge. I'm not saying it's going to play out that way, but mm-hmm. the idea of blowing up the whole system of college uh, athletics, the antitrust argument, et cetera. But here's the point. It's a very convoluted and difficult topic to deconstruct, as your very conversation with Petros two days yes. ago indicated. Yes. He could, he could not quite follow. He was so far behind the learning curve of what you guys knew 
that he didn't understand where you were trying to lead in right. this dialogue. Am I right? Mike? Right. No, you were right. And that's in, that says nothing about Petros. It means that, hey, I'm here into football. I'm an analyst for the games and more power to him. He's not following, as I tried to suggest. We're preoccupied with it day to day to day. He's not. I didn't expect. I was a little surprised that he didn't have a little bit better feel for what might be coming. I was a little surprised at that, but not disappointed at him at all. He's one of our all-time favorite guests. You understand what I'm saying? Of course, of course. And that and that's that's my point yeah. with Russo. They're such alert. I mean, these guys in the media, they understand coaching conferences and mergers and blue bloods. At that, that, that high level, they get all of what's going on. But deep in the weeds, like your conversation with Alan there. The, the media, with one person, there's one guy out there who's an exception to this in major media. Rick Neuheisel gets it. Yes. He understands the subtext because he's a lawyer. Right, right. He understands what's at risk, and I heard him on his show the other day with Chris Childers. They went on for several minutes about how he hopes. Neuheisel himself said this is a quote I hope Washington State and Oregon State walk out of this with every asset the Pac-12 has left. Good for him. Good for him. Hey, Neuheisel's a guy we ought to make an effort towards to try. You know, he might because he sounds like he's somewhat passionate about this. He has roots in this conference. He played in it. And we'll make an effort through TJ and others to try to get Rick on to, to explicate a little bit more what you just touched on. Russo himself, because his son's Wisconsin, so he knows the Palouse, listened to his son call a game for the Wisconsin Network. Did Chris, is Chris somewhat, ta- was he at least in agreement with you that this is rather big and maybe un- hidden right now through a lot of Deion Sanders and, and the Aaron Rodgers story and all these other things that have dominated our sports conversation this week. But do you think Russo does understand this potentially could be very big? This is what Russo understands. And it's, it's, not, it's not the ultimate argument, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey, Mike. It's like the road to Emmaus. I'm mixing metaphors here. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a road. Russo understands this. He realizes that Oregon State and Washington State have been shafted to an epic degree and that there's somebody's going to need to take care of them. And, he, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. He realizes that a great travesty has happened with these programs, but he doesn't. But the intricacies of antitrust and the restraint of trade, that's a little deeper with a guy. In fact, when I call Russo back, I'm going to suggest the very point you left to, Mike. He needs to get a guy like Neuheisel on there who can speak more economically and knowledgeably about antitrust law than I can. That, that's going to be my next point. Okay. Excellent. Dave, it's great talking to you. The Oppenheimer movie. Thank you for your critique of the movie. I was given a book by Jim Galvan at our last roadshow at Citizens Bank, American Prometheus, The Triumph and yeah. Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer. I don't know if you've read that, but that's the source material for most of what Nola. I mean, that's a brilliant screenplay and movie. Don't get me wrong. I was perhaps affected by too many people walking out of the theater in Corvallis saying, it was great, but it was too long. And, and you know, if greatness, that almost seems contradictory. It's like Woody Allen's old joke about people complaining about food at a restaurant. Yeah, the food's terrible there. And such small portions. You know, well, okay. Uh, if the movie's great, then how can you have too long? But it could, could it be true? Yes, it's great, but he bit off more than he could chew. That seems to be the argument, even from some intelligent people who I like, some people that I love and care about, say, it's great. But he, 
He tried to do too much in it. Not at all. I okay. could have watched a second viewing of that film at, at the immediate conclusion of okay. the first screen. Gotcha. Those okay. people are just simply wrong. <laughs> I mean, people, people, okay. people like to call in to you guys and tell them how far off base I am. Turnabout's fair play. Those people are just simply wrong. They're just wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Dave, anything else? Okay. We're going to turn you loose. But no, good- that- that's it. I'll be down there Saturday. Have a great time. Good luck with the Orioles this weekend. Let's take a final break again Just tomorrow. for fun, I, yeah. I have a question for you. Yes, um, yes. It may sound ridiculous. It's, oh, that's utterly <laughs> ridiculous yeah. if you knew the scope of how great this film is. How does it compare to Fat Man and Little Boy? Well, it's a good question, John. Because that's I love Fat that Man movie. and Little Boy is good. Yeah. So how, But how it does doesn't have... Well, how, how does one explain that? I would need... I would need a uh, Sean Levy. I would need a John Simon. I would need a Vincent Canby. I would need a Judith Christ. I would need a Pauline Kael. I would need somebody, an Andrew Saris. I would need a Wilfred Sheed to say how and why it's is different it, and why is it's it better. the same, only just really, really more yeah, in detail? It, <laughs> it's far more out, sprawling and ambitious than Fat Man and Little Boy, which tells the story of the of the Manhattan Project. Mm -hmm. This is essentially Oppenheimer's life story from the time he was a college student on and Mm -hmm. then beyond into the hearings that he had to go through. uh, So more about him. It's it's Oppenheimer than than Fat Man and Little Boy, the creation of the the devices. Yes. So, okay. So, but it's, that's good. And Paul Newman is great as General Groves and Dwight Schultz as Oppenheimer. Yeah. And there's some other good character acting within that film. It's good. This is just a much more sweeping well, see, epic that's tale. A, that's a great answer. It's more about him yes, than it is about the film is called Oppenheimer. The bo- about the bomb, right? Not Fat Man and Little Boy. We we break. We we're going to be at uh, the Joe Beaver Road Show tomorrow at Albany Habitat Restore. Anything you'd like to jump in with four nine seven fifty three fifty six twelve forty Joe Radio. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 8245 Edward Jones number SIPC 
The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beavs! Are you turning 65 this year or accessing Medicare for the first time? If you are, you need to start thinking about applying for supplemental insurance. Hi, this is Chris Gray. Medicare is great, but Medicare doesn't pay for all your medical bills. You need supplemental insurance too. If you're not sure what to do, as a local licensed Medicare agent, I can help. We can look at all the different plans and find something that works best for you. Please call me at 541-754-9075. That's 541-754-9075. This is Chris Gray, and I look forward to speaking with you. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. No, no. Curtis wrote in to say that the Beavers are 24 and a half point favorites. I thought I saw, I heard 25. Whatever. It's up there, 24, so 25. it's gone up. It was 23 and a half. Uh, actually, it opened at 21. Did it? Yeah. Okay, so it's going up. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually usually am kind of, um, what's the word, cautious, conservative on these these things for my team. And I would say, as far in other words, I'd yeah. say, mm, right. that's a big that's, number. That's a big ask, right? I uh, I think they'll cover. It almost sounded like Marcus Greaves would have leaned in yeah, that direction think, too, but like, it's yeah, just right. a strange world to be in. It's well, a strange world to be in. To, I was asked this morning on Rip City Radio, I go yeah. on with Justin Myers and Brendan Lauder, Slaughter, uh, Brendan Slaughter, and, 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 and they have me on every Thursday, and I went on and Justin framed the question of, do you like blowouts? And in a blowout as a broadcaster, do you get to talk? And I said, yeah. I said, but you're asking a question we haven't had a great deal of experience right, of in our lives. Right, right. So I'm getting, I hope to get more used to it. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's fun to be able to talk to and tell a, a little bit of the stories of some of these guys that get into games for the first time or get their first reception or carry or whatever else that other games have not afforded us the luxury well, to do. Well, from the fan standpoint, you, you, you can't win when you're a coach or a team because if you play a team you're supposed to kill and you don't, then they complain. If you play a team you're supposed to kill and you do, no one says a thing. But I say give credit to them for taking care of business in the first half and, and it's done. Now let's see what happens this week. And I think that this is the way that this team is coached to take every team one game at a time and very seriously, no matter what the what the opponent looks like. And that's why, or, and they play the games like that too. They'll, they'll plot along, you know, they, the Beavers will wear you out in the end. They're not going to go big strike. Now the great run by Damian Martinez after the pick, right. but they were giving up the yardage in the first place to Cal Davis, getting, letting them run the, down the that field. opening series. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they shored that up pretty quick. They did. They did. <laughs> and, and they got the job done. All right. So Curtis 24 and a half. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. getting a little nervous. This is interesting. Getting a little nervous. We are such favorites. We have looked good, but with all this conference upheaval, one slip up and we fall back to obscurity. That's Kyle in Southwest Florida 
parenthetically saying vacationing outside of Salem. So in well, a timeshare? Welcome home, yeah. <laughs> All right, Doug in Salem well, writes McDowell. in. Chuck McDowell, he wants you as a client. Doug in Salem always starts off, I know who it is, yeah. when the first line on it says, Dear Joe Beaver Show. I know, there's a formality to yeah. it. Go ahead. Joe. I think the discovery phase is making a lot of people worry now, like the administrators of USC, at USC, and Fox and ESPN. I think the NCAA is worried about the antitrust problems. Boy, I agree with you there, Doug. So, you heard it here first from Doug from Salem, he writes. There will be a settlement with us going to the Big 12. We, OSU, fit into the Big 12 really well, and Washington State is up in the mountains. They're a good fit also. Big 12, here we come. Go Beavers, Doug from Salem. (laughs) Thank you, Doug. Are they in the mountains on the Palouse? Well, no, but they're... Sort of in your brain if you're from the East Coast. Oh, yeah, over there in the Pacific Northwest where it's all trees. Right. Not knowing really that the Palouse is beautiful, beautiful covered farmland. The rolling hills. The rolling hills of the Palouse. Um, so thanks for that, Doug. Uh, oh, Dave from uh, Sandy says uh, that yesterday was, was just an af- absolute perfect distraction for Brad Boylan mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. He says, I can't thank... Uh, Thank uh, enough for him. You guys are awesome. So appreciated, Dave, outside of Salem or Sandy. Thanks, Dave. Well, let, let me you. give a quick. Uh, we didn't talk about this yesterday, per se. I mentioned Brad was there. Yeah. Dave is such a good man and a generous soul and good friend. But the team trainer for the 1987 Portland Beavers, an experience together that has touched all of our lives and still, in a very real sense, even as miserable at times as that team going 45 and 96 under Charlie Manuel, Charlie entertained us with stories. He's one of the funniest people I've ever been around. Big Jim Wilson and Pat Casey on that team as teammates, people I had no idea I was calling the games. Billy Bean, the Oakland A's moneyball guy. Yeah. Others, Terry Forster, Fat Tubagoo, came out of the team later, as Letterman called him. And yeah, I mean, Mark Portugal, Alvaro Espinosa, Ron Gardenhire, Bernardo Brito. Bernard, well, Bernardo came a little later. He wasn't on that club. But really interesting, colorful personalities. We went 45 and 96, had two 14 game losing streaks during the year. Did you do road games? Oh, yeah, I did every game. That so year. it was a memorable year. Memorable year in all respects. And two of the people that have meant as much, you know, two huge people in my life came out of that in Pat and in Jim, Pat Casey and Jim Wilson, yeah. just in terms of as we as up going through games, here comes Pat Casey, Jim Wilson on deck. Yeah. Having no idea. And someday we're going to have a big time together <laughs> at Oregon State. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody knew anything then in 1987, what the future held. But I love both of those guys yeah. then and kind of known them and cared about them ever since. And they've become friends and important figures in my life on Mm -hmm. so many levels. But Brad Boylan, who came to our show yesterday at NoHo's, was the team trainer. Wow. And you may have read, folks, you probably, some of you saw it, but near St. Paul on Saturday evening, there was a terrible automobile accident that took Brad Boylan's wife, Lisa, and Lisa's mother, Joan Roar took their lives in that accident. Uh, and, and Brad was there yesterday. And 
I stopped to visit with Brad yesterday morning on the way up to Portland at his home in Milwaukee. Such a sweet soul and man, as was Lisa. Lisa was a judge. I talked to Michael Chaplin. She was involved in gymnastics as a judge and well-known and well-regarded and loved. And Brad and Lisa, sweet people. And Dave has been friends with them for 25 years. They've traveled together. Dave went and picked Brad up and brought him to the radio show yesterday. And in terms of getting out for the first time since the tragedy... It was, uh, Dave, thank you for doing that, and an honor to have Brad as part of the show yesterday. We'll see you at the Albany Habitat Restore tomorrow. KEJO Corvallis. And translator. K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.